Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Recovering You. So glad to have you here once again with us today. Uh, for those of you joining us for the first time, we highly recommend you do go back and actually listen from the start if you are actively jumping into a life of recovery. But if you're just checking us out and seeing how things are going, uh, this is a podcast where we take people step by step through what to expect when they step into a life of recovery from hitting rock bottom to finding the right therapist to eventually taking control of their of their addiction and conquering uh, this ailment that has been terrorizing them throughout their life and just being a terrible terrible awful thing that goes on in their life i'm your host cameron harrison and i'm here with my co-host chris sexton and we are here to help you recover you so let's get going with the show chris how you doing Doing great. And I'm excited for tonight's episode. For those of you who are uh, listening for the first time, um, this is a good one to drop in on. Um, so I'm super excited about this one. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's jump into a couple things of housekeeping first. Uh, I promise I won't keep you guys long. We will get into the content because I am also really excited about this. It is something that has really driven me over the past few years is what we're going to talk about tonight. But we've actually, we've been getting some feedback and Maybe people are just being nice, but it's all been positive feedback. So I, I've great. been, what's that? <laughs> That's great. I don't care if they're just being nice. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. we, need, we need all the positivity in the world we can get. So even if you guys are just like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm not sure this podcast is really for me. If you know someone that you feel like this could benefit, absolutely. Just go ahead and share it with them. Just say, Hey, I, I love you. I was thinking about you. And I think this would be an awesome thing for you to listen to. Most people, when they get into recovery right at the start, don't want to go telling their story or uh, talking to people about it. And so listening to a podcast just to get their, the wheels of recovery turning in their minds is a great way to get their foot in the door to a better life. Absolutely. And, and even if you're uh, not struggling, particularly with the types of addiction that we're talking about here, all of us have things that we're trying to overcome in our life. And so I think you'll find as you listen, there's lots of little nuggets that can help you in any aspect of your life that you're trying to kind of gain your footing and recover your sense of self. Um, but yeah, it's, it is all about uh, our focus is definitely on addiction recovery. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I actually, uh, I also got a couple of compliments uh, about the music. And nice. you know, I, here I am kind of uh, tooting my own horn a little bit. I actually, I composed the music because I didn't want to go through the process of getting rights to music. <laughs> yeah, and, I, you, you beat me to it. I was going to toot your horn for you. Uh, <laughs> You're a man of many talents, jack of all trades. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's pretty fun stuff for me. I have that artistic brain that I, I just like creating stuff. The other thing I'm not able to do with like the editing programs and stuff is I don't know how to go, how to get all the quotes and inspirational, like, you, you know, like all the sports podcasts or like some of the other, like they, they get in these inspirational quotes and they put music to it and stuff. I'm not yeah. good like that. I don't, I don't have those kind of <laughs> skills. So if any of our listeners out there are like, oh, I know how to do that. That's easy. Reach out to us because, you know, season two is going to need an intro. And if, <laughs> there if you, you want to audition for the part of sitting, setting us up with a sick intro, we would love to have you, uh, you know, toot your own horn on here. And we'll, we'll definitely give you credit for your work on here. There you go. Um, unpaid, unpaid internship opportunity right there. Put us on yes. your resume. But, but the blessings <laughs> are worth more than, than the pay would have been, right? There you go. That's right. We'll write you a heck of a letter of recommendation. Heck yeah. I, oh, I wanted to share this with you today too. I saw this license plate on the way home 
And I actually, I, I don't know. Are you allowed to take pictures of other people's license plates? Uh, let's just say you are. <laughs> I do. Hypothetically, so, unless it's illegal, then I've never done that. Okay. Well, so I'm not going to post it on social media, so I think I'm good. <laughs> I'm not going to share it with anyone. Yeah. Um, don't say the state that it's from. Right. Right. Uh, but it, it's <laughs> I am E-N-U-F. I am enough. Uh, I saw this and I was like, what a cool thing to put on a license plate to basically tell everyone around you, like, look, I know my worth. I know my value. I don't need approval from anyone else. I'm enough. And that's all I need. I love that. But I do have to ask, uh, what kind of car was it on? <laughs> well, let me, let me even give you the VIN number here. It's <laughs> yeah. uh, it was, uh, it was on a, a white Kia. I love, okay. I love it even more now. You know, if it was on a Bentley, I would have been like, yeah, okay. Okay. White Kia. Okay. Yeah. There. You're, I'm, you're I'm... actually spitting on the rest of us. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally buying into the vibe though. If it's a white Kia. Yeah. Nope. White, white Kia. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved it. it. It made me smile. It made me think about a little bit about what we were going to talk about tonight as well. So last little thing, just remember guys, if, if you do like this podcast, um, especially, you know, if you're listening through Apple, but yeah, go in and give it a like, follow the page. You know, we're not, we're not asking for any money, but just by subscribing, it, it gets us a lot more listeners coming in and we start getting promoted by Apple and by other sponsors and stuff. So just- yeah, and, and the reason, the reason we want that just to be clear is like Cameron said earlier, addiction recovery, especially sexual addiction is not something that's easy to talk about. Right. And so the, the more that we're able to get people's eyes on this in, in an organic, comfortable, secure, safe way that they feel good about approaching the more people that we can help and the more good that gets spread out in the world. Absolutely. And that's really what we want to do. We just want, we just want to help people. Uh, this isn't, a, a, you know, this isn't our livelihood here. We're, we're not trying to make millions off of that. I mean, if you want to donate, go ahead and donate. But, <laughs> but this is seriously, it's just a passion project for us that we just want to help people recover that genuine, amazing, beautiful inner self that, that may have been lost to addiction. So, uh, so here we go. The, the big topic of the night is uh, I, when I started going to recovery meetings, at the end of each meeting, they would always go around to each person and they would ask them the same question every single week. And this question is, why are you fighting? Sometimes they would tack on the end of that and why don't you just give up or they would tailor it a little bit different. But ultimately, mm -hmm. every week you had to come and, and they wanted you to change it too every single week. Why are you fighting? Now, we've talked about in previous episodes, though, what is your why? You have to have a why, right? Yeah. But, but now we're getting into the specifics of why have you chosen to fight against this addiction, against Satan, against the world, and start fighting for yourself, for your God, for your freedom, whatever it may be. Why? What is your why specifically? Yeah, I love it. And, and it is it's specific to fighting too, right? Because we have talked about, you know, why are you starting this journey of recovery? You know, what what's going on that's that's started you down this path. But now you know, we've we've walked you through that realization of okay, I'm at rock bottom. Okay, now I need to start talking to people. And and you're building your team and you're learning about being patient with yourself. And and at this point, you're probably starting to realize this is a real fight. 
and and this is not just a schoolyard <laughs> brawl. This no. is this is you know going nine rounds in the ring, and and this is going to show you how old I am. I was going to say Mike Tyson of Andrew Holyfield. Lennox, well, I guess we're both old then Lennox because Lewis, I, I remember you know that? that too. <laughs> <laughs> I guess who is it today? Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather. I, yeah. Anyway, um, it's a fight. It really is a fight. And so to understand when you get hit, why you keep getting up and why you keep swinging back. I love that. That that whole concept of, I really resonate with the idea and the concept of fighting because I've been to other recovery programs and it's very, some of them are very, very much standoffish and they have their reasons for doing it. That They're like, please don't cross talk. Don't bring up other people's stories. Don't comment on what they said. Don't, don't talk. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, not to, I guess to quote a rated R movie here, you know, first rule of fight club is don't talk about fight club. <laughs> first, some of these, some of these addiction recovery programs are first rule about this addiction recovery program outside of this, you don't talk about it. Yeah. And all, all that really did for me was promote the isolation. Like, Oh man, I can't even talk about this with people. Like, and they never straight up said you're forbidden to talk about this with other people from the group, but it was just, it was always kind of, encouraged to work through your workbook and kind of kind of keep it to yourself until I found the program uh this life-changing services program which you know my first week there people are like challenging me and they're like so what are you going to do when this happens and I'm like hold on why are you getting in my face about this and, <laughs> and and so then they come back with well is Satan not going to get in your face is the world not going to come at you with everything it's got I'm getting in your face so that when the opportunity comes that you have to fight for your beliefs and you have to defend your values, you're going to know how to do it. But this is all about taking that control and being able to fight back and having the tools necessary of how to do that. So, yeah. And, and it's like we touched on a little bit last week, recovery, it would be nice if recovery was just this crisp, crisp worksheet checklist that you did it and you were recovered. And, you know, sailed off into the sunset of your happy ending. But, but that's not what it is. It, it is, uh, it's one step to the left, two steps to the right. It, it's, it's a fight. Um, and it, it can be painful and messy, but understanding why you're fighting makes it all worth it. And it makes it, makes it an invigorating experience. It, it awakens that, that, uh, that desire in you to, to keep fighting, to, to keep pushing towards the ultimate, the ultimate goal that you have for yourself. Uh, and I love that you said that sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's a left step here, two right steps there, one step forward, two steps back at times. It, it, it goes in all directions and it's definitely not this, uh, you know, what are the, what are those tubes that the bank called the little like, thung, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I call them. <laughs> They're the, the thumb thumb tubes. Yeah, that's it. I'm sure there's a more. The, if you work for a bank, those, you can uh, inform those, us. But yeah, those air tubes. You <laughs> don't you pneumatic. Recovery, I think. Yeah, the pneumatic tubes. Thank you. Stepping into recovery isn't one of those tubes that you just you're like, oh, I've decided to change and thump, all of a sudden I'm better. <laughs> like one track and you make it to your destination. It's not that simple. Um. So my my wife actually sent me this quote today, and and I felt like I was like, can you? Well, she read it to me and I was like, can you please send that to me? Because that applies so well to what we're talking about tonight. Yeah. So I, I want to read a little segment of this. It says, uh, it's a story that she got online. It says, one of my college professors used to say, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. 
Now, I didn't understand that for years because I didn't do anything poorly. I couldn't do anything poorly. <laughs> I had to do everything perfectly. But brushing your teeth for 30 seconds is better than not brushing them at all when that two minutes seems exhausting. Doing 10 minutes of yoga is better than 10 minutes of sitting when 30 minutes of cardio sounds impossible. Changing my clothes is good when a whole shower is impossible. Standing on the porch for a few minutes is worth it after being in the house for three straight days because I don't have the energy to go anywhere. Anything worth doing is worth doing poorly because doing it poorly is better than not doing anything at all. And I, I, I love this concept because stepping into recovery is like stepping into the major leagues when you haven't had the experience. It's better to get out there and start getting the experience and learning and gaining these tools and actually practicing these things, even though you're still going to make the mistakes, you're still going to mess up and you might not have your why established yet. But the point is, you still are out there doing it. Yeah, you're, absolutely. You're at least trying, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't know if anybody who's watched as many action movies as I have, you, you, you have this picture in your mind. If you ever get in a fight, you're going to be the man, you know, you're going to be the Bruce Lee or, or the Chuck Norris, or, you know, I've won so many imaginary fights. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was shocking to me once I actually started doing martial arts, how hard it is to actually fight. You lose, you lose so many fights and you get thrown to the ground so many times before you actually figure out how to get away from your opponent and how to reverse the hold that they have on you. And, and recovery is no different. Um, that addiction has a hold on you and you're going to flounder around and you're going to have a hard time breaking the arm bar or rolling out, but whatever you do, just try something because trying something and doing it poorly to your point is better than just laying on the ground and letting your opponent kick the ever living daylights out of exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. And to add on to that, as much as martial arts is about learning how to strike properly, it's also about learning how to get used to strikes coming at you. Yeah. You know, you're not just throwing punches, you're taking punches. And that, that's what this is all about as well. You're not going to step in recovery and never have another lost battle again. Yeah. Well, and, and I like how you frame this because I, I hadn't really thought about it this way before, the, that there's good reasons and there's right reasons for fighting. And we've talked about some of them. And I'd love to hear how your reason shifted through your recovery. Um, because as we've talked through it, I, I think if folks have, um, if you'll go back and listen, you'll notice that you start fighting or you start on this path to recovery because you're just sick and tired of the way that you feel about yourself, the way that you think other people feel about you and about the way that you're, you know, the direction your life is going. But, but somewhere over the course of your recovery, that transitions. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts, Cameron, about the good reasons versus the right reasons. So, when I first started my, my whole motivation was all, it was all fear motivated. Um, and when I, when I say it, you know, I, I was afraid of losing my wife and family. I was afraid of being excommunicated from the church. I was afraid of what people would think of me. I was afraid of not having a place to sleep at night. You know, I, I was completely consumed by fear, but that's where this whole, like that, that is a very poor reason to get into recovery. 
However, just like I talked about a second ago, it was still a reason. And it was, it was what I needed at the start because that, that fear activates that adrenaline response, right? That fight or flight response. And so I responded in a panicked, desperate, clawing for dear life type of response to uh, my, my D-Day and being kicked out of my house and everything that was coming at me because of my choices, I, I completely responded out of fear. Now that eventually evolved into, so, you know, you've got your poor reasons like that. Again, there's still reasons, but they're not great and they won't last forever. That's like a hundred meter dash when this is what I've talked about. One of our inspirations, the, the shorts, this is a marathon. Okay. You can't go full sprint for a marathon, but you can have those bursts. And that, that was the burst that I needed. So after that, it evolved into the bubble around me. Uh, I started fighting for my family. I started fighting for, uh, to, to get back into the church. I, I started fighting for getting away from, from shame and having a better opinion of myself. Now, yeah. the, these are good reasons to fight. And, and they're, I mean, I would never look at anyone and say, well, that's a crappy reason. Like, that's the wrong reason. <laughs> yeah, go back to your addiction. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's not good <laughs> because there, there's, there's nothing wrong with those reasons. Once again, though, they're just not the reason that's going to outlast a lifetime. And yeah. what, when I say that is people might be sitting there thinking, well, hold on. Why isn't your family something that is worth fighting for? Well, here's, here's a, let, me, let me paint a little scenario that has gone through my head many times. When I was digging and clawing my way through recovery, the thought occurred to me a lot. What if my wife got in the car? one day to take my kids to a park or something and got in a car crash and passed away. And the devastation of that, do I just, because they were the reason I was fighting, they're no longer there. Do I give up? Yeah. All of a sudden my reason for fighting can become a lot more fragile and it can, that, that pain can be something that actually causes my fight to be lost because I based it entirely on someone else. Or here's the other uh, depiction. What if your wife divorces you? If, if your reason for fighting was to get your wife back or to heal your marriage and your wife says, I just can't do this. I, I can't move forward with this. This isn't for me anymore. I think we should get divorced. Are you still going to stay in your recovery? Yeah, so- super powerful. And, and just, just to add one thing to that I I think there's a big difference between fighting so that you don't lose your family versus fighting so that you can be there for your family and build a future for your family and help your family reach its full potential right because you can still build a future while while being a a divorced parent right yeah 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 your kids are still going to need you absolutely yeah so so you didn't lose your family and from the outside looking in, at least you've got a beautiful family life. So why are you still fighting? Okay. Okay. I see how it is throwing down the gauntlet. Uh, yeah, let's do this. All right. Why am I fighting? Uh, I am fighting to be, I'm fighting to be of sound and sober mind. Cause I mean, let me tell you for so many years, I was wandering through life, constantly paranoid about, someone discovering my secret and it made it impossible for me to feel close to the spirit because I was always hiding something. I always had 
that darkness looming over me that I don't think was physically visible to other people, but I think in some ways it was also very visible. I mean, people could, people have told me they could, they could tell that something was off. And so that made it completely impossible for me to be a, a completely present active parent because I always felt that I was lying to my kids and I was ashamed of who I was. And it also made it impossible for me to be a good husband because I felt everything I was saying to my wife was a lie. And every moment of intimacy was acting out of compulsion, not out of love. It tainted my very perception of her values in my eyes. And it made her, honestly, it made her an object of lust and nothing more. And I hate, hate that I ever saw her in that way. So I'm fighting to be genuine in who I am without shame, being transparent and honest. So I never have to be paranoid about hiding something. I never have to feel corrupted in my thoughts, in the way that I, um, in my perceptions of my wife and my kids, that I don't that I don't ever have to feel like there's a part of me that shouldn't be out in the open. So uh, I'm also fighting to have the trust and confidence from my Heavenly Father. I believe that the trials I've gone through and the lessons I've learned have been for a specific purpose. I believe part of this battle against overcoming addiction has become almost a calling for me to seek out the broken and and hopeless people that have succumbed themselves to an addiction and to bring them back into light and show them that they're, they're not alone. So if I'm of a clean mind and spirit, then I will have the confidence of my father in heaven to be sent out on this, I don't know, special mission that I've kind of taken upon myself to find those broken hearts and those broken people. And hopefully I'll be able to carry the, the words and the spirit to inspire the hope. But I know that if I'm not living genuinely, if I'm not living honestly, then that transparency, that fakeness is going to show through. And it's not going to have the desired effect. Um, basically, I, I'd be a wolf in sheep's clothing. I, I, I would, I'd be a liar, and I'd be exactly who I was before, uh, speaking righteousness while living in sin. I'm also fighting for my own soul's sake because I believe in heaven. I believe that we, as children of a God, are rewarded for our good deeds on this earth. I believe of that we miss out on those blessings if we do not make those efforts to change and be a better person in this life. And I don't want to miss out on those blessings. I want to be with my family forever. And if I give up on this path and this journey, then I'm terrified to imagine what could happen and what I would miss out on after this life. I'm terrified about the legacy that I would leave behind. So it's kind of like you said, Chris, I'm, I'm still fighting for my family. That's that's definitely a great reason to fight. And I'm fighting for them in a way that can be that in a way that I can be with them, that I can be there for them, and that I can be in a good a good example to them, so that I can be worthy to be with them forever after this life. Even if they are lost to me in this life, the the reason I'm fighting will allow me to be with them after this life. So that's why I'm fighting. If your focus is on reaching your maximum potential and becoming everything that you're meant to be, then you're going to see 
mile markers of that success. And that's going to be more satisfaction. That's going to be healthier relationships. That's going to be um, more energy throughout the day. You know, a clearer vision of what you want out of your, your family life, your work life, your religious life. Instead of saying, I'm going to fight for my recovery so that I can get all these things. So I have some sense of self-worth. If I hear what you're saying, that's, that's what it sounds like to me is I'm focusing on the fact that I have this amazing potential. And when I focus on that, all of these other things are going to fall into place when they're supposed to, instead of I'm going to try and do this recovery and force all these things to fall into place. And those are going to be what I anchor my, my self-worth and my sense of self to. I think it's important to note here, um, there are real losses that happen in addiction, painful, um, heartbreaking losses that happen. It may be that your addiction um, has caused you to lose a job. It may be that your addiction has caused you to lose that marriage and that family relationship. The point here, though, is if you're anchored on the right reason, you're going to get to a spot where you recognize that it's going to be okay. And it doesn't matter if you were a jet-setting millionaire and now you're a janitor or if you were a doctor and now you're a ditch digger. The, the thing here is that if you're fighting for the right reasons, you're going to become the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. And you're going to be put in situations where you can lift others, just like you were saying. Um, and so there's this quote that I really like. I don't know if I'm going to say this guy's name right, um, but it's called John Wolfgang Goethe. Um, someone can correct me if I said that wrong. Um, but when I was doing, of all places, this came when I was uh, doing software sales uh, for a real estate company. Um, and, but I learned some amazing things in that job and, and picked up this quote at that job. It says, until one is committed, there is hesitating. The chance to draw back always ineffectiveness concerning all acts of initiative and creation and for our purpose recovery, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, providence moves to all sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred, a whole stream of events, issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance, which no man could have dreamed would have come his way and no woman would have dreamed could have come her way. And so fighting for the right reasons, it helps you be committed. It removes that hesitancy. It removes that ineffectiveness in your recovery. And it helps all these other amazing things fall into place for you. Um, I lost a friend. Um, I, lost a, I lost a dear friend uh, and a mentor uh, to uh, aggressive brain cancer. And on his little card, this was during COVID. Um, so it was kind of a, a limited service, but we got this card um, for his service. And in it was this scripture. It says, thus has God provided a means that man through faith might work mighty miracles. Therefore he becometh a great benefit to his fellow beings. So if you're committed, if you're committed to your recovery, if you're committed to becoming the best version of yourself, no matter what you've lost to this point, God is going to work with you and work through you so that you see miracles for yourself. You see miracles when you reach out to help other people. Um, and so understand that those reasons are worth fighting for. Even if you feel like you've lost everything that you started um, 
on down this path for in the first place, there's still so much more that is on your horizon that if you'll keep fighting, all those good things are going to come your way. I love that. So now, now's the time where those of you out there that are listening, I'm sure as we've been talking about this, you've probably been sitting there thinking, okay, what is my why? What is my reason for fighting? And maybe as we've gone through things, we've kind of canceled out some of your ideas. So don't, don't, don't let that discourage you. Your, your reason for fighting, remember it, it is your reason. And if fighting for your family is, is the motivation you need right now, absolutely. Because I'm always going to fight for my family. That, that's always going to be one of my reasons for fighting. It's just not the one I'm going to lean the most on. So grab your pen and paper and write down your reason for fighting or grab your dry erase marker and write it on your bathroom mirror. Mm, put, I love that. Put, put your why down, put it in a place that you are reminded on a regular basis why am I fighting? And change it on, on a weekly basis. Set, set an alarm to change your why, because that way you're always refreshing your, your battle tactics. It's like, say you've been training uh, using a sword for months and you're getting really good at the sword. And then you walk into the arena one day for training and they hand you a quarter staff. And you're like, what am I supposed to do with this? And they're like, fight. <laughs> it's like, okay, because satan and your addiction and the world are going to come at you from so many different directions that you can't just be versed in okay well this is my why okay well then the enemy is going to come in and try and eliminate that why and you're you're you need to have more than one why or you need to have a why that cannot be eliminated by something of this world and so write something down hang on to that to that why that is going to empower you to essentially conquer all, to overcome this addiction that no matter what the world throws at you, you can stand up and be like, I'm still fighting. I'm not giving up. And there's nothing you can do or throw at me that is going to make me give up this fight. That is going to make me stay down. So even if you knock me down and you're standing over me and you say, stay down, that's when I'm going to look up and I'm going to smile and I say, you wish, and I'm going to get yeah. back up. Because I have my why. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is, I love that. That's so powerful. And I would just add to that, that you are needed. One of the things that addiction does to your brain is it makes you think that maybe you're not needed. You are absolutely needed. You're needed to the people around you. You're needed in the fight of good versus evil, of addiction versus connection. And this fight is going to go on. And the battle is going to rage. And if you stop fighting, the battle doesn't stop. You just become a casualty of it. So, so decide now to be a warrior, to be a hero and not a casualty. Keep fighting whatever your reason is and be excited as your reasons evolve. They're going to get better and stronger and more potent the longer you stay in your recovery. So we're excited. Uh, email us uh, some of the reasons why you're fighting. Email us some of the uh, victories that you've had um, from from discovering your why. And uh, we'd love to share those if that's okay with you. Um, whatever you do, even if you do it poorly at first, keep fighting. Uh, because <laughs> what's, that's, what's that? What's that email there, Chris? I wish I knew. I don't have it memorized. <laughs> so that, that email that you guys can send those to us at, and uh, just go ahead and see if give us permission in the email, if you want to, if you want us to uh, quote you on the on next 
week's episode. So that email is recover you to the number two at gmail.com recover you to at gmail.com. See, this is why you're the boss. You know, the important stuff like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I, I love everything that you shared. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I think this episode would be a lot better served if I just took all my lines out and just had it be a one man show from Chris, because dude, you were so money tonight. And I, I love what you brought to the table and I really appreciate the power that you infused into this podcast. I love it. I think we make a great team work well together and we are thankful for you listeners. You keep us going. And until next week, keep working on recovering you. We'll talk to you then.